This is a Flashpoint Extra. I'm Flashpoint host Cherry Gregg. Hey, everybody. Well, today uh, I had to create this Flashpoint Extra because I got to live a little bit of history. Uh, at Broad and Cecil B. Moore Avenue, there was a huge celebration of the one and only Cecil B. Moore. Now, if you've never heard of him, he would have turned 104 years old today, April 2nd, 2019. He was a civil rights icon. He helped to desegregate Girard College. He also fought to desegregate pools around the city, and he fought for the underserved. He was unafraid. He was unapologetic, and he was an amazing man. So I had to create this podcast because um, there were stories. I I didn't know him. He died in 1979. Okay, so that was uh, 40 years ago he passed away. But his legacy lives on. We heard from uh, Dr. Walter Palmer, one of his best friends. We also heard from Karen Asper Jordan, a Philadelphia freedom fighter who met him when she was just a teenager. And so I want to share their story so that you can get an idea of the man whose legacy will now be displayed on two historical uh, panels outside of the Cecil B. Moore uh, stop on the Broad Street train line. So let me just share this with you. Enjoy things I had never heard, but I wanted to make sure that people knew about this man who uh, did so much. And, uh, and, and in many people's eyes, he was on the level of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, and the things that he did for the city of Philadelphia. So uh, happy birthday uh, to Cecil B. Moore. Dr. Walter Palmer? Karen gave me two minutes to three minutes to say something about Cecil. You can't talk about Cecil in two or three minutes. What I did was I wrote out a couple of notes on this little card. And I'll talk about when I first met Cecil until the time he died. At the time, Cecil, that I knew of Cecil, Cecil was working at Girard College and the schools and doing some ch- uh, challenging the bus companies. I was organizing students in middle school and high school all across the city to bring about education reform and demand African history in the school system of Philadelphia. There was a confrontation in WDAS, which was our black radio station owned by Bob Klein. And Joe Rainey, who was a newscaster there, was very bodacious, just like Cecil, but Cecil and him couldn't get along. Cecil wanted him fired, and I said we we ought to reconsider it, right? So that's how we met. And in the course of our meeting to try to make sure Joe was saved, I asked for a meeting in the bathroom of Cecil. Cecil and I went in the bathroom, and we started arguing about this man. We started cursing like nothing you ever heard. And I thought I could curse. I thought I could really curse. But Cecil can curse, okay? Oh, my God. He could curse. We finally um, concluded what Joe, Joe would stay. Cecil loved to dress. Cecil had almost 100 silk suits, 100 silk. Uh, socks, a hundred patent leather shoes, a hundred silk handkerchiefs, a hundred silk ties. He was immaculate. And Cecil felt that the people he served, largely in North Philadelphia and West Philadelphia, needed to be treated by somebody or served by somebody who was professional. He loved his liquor. He would always have a bottle of Johnny Walker Red or Johnny Walker Black. And all granddad. And he loved to smoke that big cigar. 
And when I would come, come and challenge him, Caesar would pour out a glass, not a cup, a glass of this liquor, take his big cigar, and say, Waller, join me. Now, he knew he was just seated because I didn't drink, okay? We went on to do a number of things. Cecil was handling all of my cases when I was getting locked up on a regular basis in the court. But the court was chaotic. The judge would say something I didn't like, and I'd curse at the judge. The Cecil would curse at me. We have a curse. The judge would then give us both contempt of court. It was, so I said, Cecil, why is it that you're always asking me to beat up people? He said, because I'm the lawyer, and I can get you off. Okay. I said, now I need to go to law school so I can get you off, all right? The NAACP, let the story be told. Cecil was the NAACP for the entire Philadelphia. It was the elites of the Northwest who challenged him and went to the NAACP and had the NAACP national branch divide all of the NAACP, giving Cecil only North Philadelphia, the folks who they couldn't control and the folks they didn't want to deal with. But he was always the president of all people in the, in the, in the city of Philadelphia NAACP. On street corners, I used to do these street corner rallies calling them urban education. Cecil and I joined along with Sammy Branch and a young 17-year-old guy I trained named Dave Richardson would go on the street corners all across the city of Philadelphia. We'd have 500 to 1,000 people on those corners, and they'd be waiting for us, and we'd do the history that Karen often talks about, and we'd talk about politics, and we'd just come, we'd constantly champion that. We had street corner rallies all across the city. Cecil then decided we're going to desegregate the swimming pool at 24th and South. It was a city swimming pool, but white folks up there didn't allow black folks to go to that pool. The River Boys, who were from 24th and South Street, would historically take black people walking across that bridge and throw them into the river. So we decided to go desegregate the pool. We made big announcements of it, so George Fensel, who we created, he took his civil disobedience people to patrol around the area. So we all go into the pool, Stanley Branch, myself, Cecil, and a number of other folks. Cecil comes out with a bathing suit and his little spindly legs, okay? I didn't wear a bathing suit. I said, Cecil said, how, well, how come you're not wearing one? I said, suppose they peed in that pool. I'm not jumping in that pool. You don't know what they got in that pool. We can desegregate the place and stay right on the sidelines. They're sitting on these chairs. We had a South Philly rally about the mummers. We organized this rally on, on, on uh, Broad, uh, was 15, 15th and South because the mummers were always doing blackface but never had any black people in it. Now, historically, I understand the mummers is an Egyptian thing, which is a black nation, okay, or black history. But blacks were not allowed to participate. So Cecil said, we're going to challenge all these elite Negroes who, for the most part, don't want us to challenge the mummers. And he was going to call them ends. And we didn't use the N-word. We didn't say N. We didn't censor the word. We, I mean, we said it, it was N, okay? George Fensel said, Cecil, you can't do that. If you do that, we're going to have to lock you up. So Cecil, where did free speech go, okay? Cecil got up on the podium, began to start talking, and all of a sudden he starts saying, so-and-so is an N. So-and-so is an N. So-and-so is an N. Fensel walks up to him and says, you're under arrest. Cecil takes off. Stanley Branch goes up. So-and-so is an N. So-and-so is an end. So-and-so is an end. The police take him away. I go up. So-and-so is an end. So-and-so is an end. You're an end. They take me away. Dave Richardson goes up. So-and-so is an end. This went on and on. We, we, we had leadership in depth. Young people were the leaders and the soul of our movement. 
You cannot sustain a movement without young people. Karen has sustained this movement. But the reality is, Cecil will only be remembered because there's some of us still alive. We went on. Dr. Martin Luther King wanted to come here to Philadelphia. Cecil didn't want him to come. He wanted to walk at, at, at Girard. He didn't want him to come. I do not want no chicken licking finger in come to my town. I said, Cecil, come on, let's think about it for a minute. What happens is we, they always said, I could, he, he listens to you all. He don't listen to anybody else, right? I said, Cecil, let's do this, okay? We, he eventually relented, and Martin Luther King marched in, uh, with us. The mayor's uh, campaign. Cecil wanted to run for mayor. He asked me to be his campaign manager. But at the same time, Reverend Smalls in West Philadelphia wanted to run. Hardy Williams decided he wanted to run. So I was his campaign manager. I said, Cecil, let me say something to you. I don't even think I'm going to vote for you, <laughs> much less stay in the town if you win. I pray to God you don't win. Why, why, Walt? What you going to do, cuss out everybody in the town, in the city council, ask me to beat up everybody that comes and disagrees with you? No, you're not a fit for the mayor. So he becomes uh, city council. And then at that point, Cecil was starting to get a little dementia. So everybody was asking him not to stay. Stanley Branch can just walk. He's not listening to any of us. You need to go talk to him. And I hadn't gone over to see Cecil at council for a while. When I walked in, he got so excited, and he started rambling, started talking, and went on and on and on. It was really sad for me. So I waited out. At the end, I said to him, Cecil, let's go home. This is enough. I don't, not want, to see them I don't want them to see you like this, right? He said, Walt, you turned against me too? I said, no, I'm not turning against you. I'll never turn against you. But the reality is I don't want you going out like this. He eventually would leave and get sick. He then eventually uh, had to be cared for. Stanley Branch was connected with the mob, and he and Johnny um, Bobby Simone, who was a mob lawyer, uh, and Cecil had, had represented a lot of those guys in the past, they put up money for him at the Drake Hotel and for him to have care, nursing care, around the clock. His last words, and I'll finish on this, was that, Stanley, I want you to tell the MFs I did it my way. That was Cecil B. Moore. He was bodacious. He was a tyrant. He was unbelievable. He was unapologetic. He was profane. Do not sanitize him. Do not make him into sainthood. Make him be the man that he was. Because there's none in this town and across the country in black leadership that could ever fulfill the shoes of Cecil B. Moore. All right. Thank you, Dr. Palmer. The Cecil B. Moore Philadelphia Freedom Fighters have worked to ensure that Cecil B. Moore's life is a vibrant, living legacy that inspires action today and in, in the future. As president, Karen Asper Jordan embodies Cecil B. Moore's legacy, and she has been tireless in carrying on his mission. It is now my pleasure to introduce Karen Asper Jordan. And we're going to have you stand up here, Ms. Jordan, after you speak for a little while longer because our general manager would like to say something to you. I don't know what to say after everybody said everything. And Walt said it's so fine. But I would like to thank the people 
that helped us get to where we were. And don't think we didn't do any fighting and fussing and cussing, because we did. But I want to thank Beach, Interplex, Maryland. You know, we, we went toe-to-toe a couple of times. <laughs> and, and Charlotte and Senator, uh, State Senator, ex-Senator. See, I, I had a senior moment just now. But um, I just want to say to the people that were here, Christine, you guys helped lead the way. When we met Cecil, we were only like 17 years old, 16 and 17. We believed. We believed in him. We believed in his message. And we did not care about going to jail. We didn't care about getting beat. If we were arrested, we went back the same day because we knew we had the best lawyer in the United States of America. Now, we would not be here had it not been for Mel Dawn Shamlin. And I thank the, the Mel's family because Mel kept Cecil's history alive. When those of us got married and we had to go away, Mel held down the fort. And he was a man like Cecil, and he was a good man. And Cecil was a good man. When Mel called us together to, to fight, we've known each other over 50 years. We're doing like 70, 80 years old, all of us. We're here. We're still fighting. And we teach our children. And we go to schools and we go to colleges. We go to churches to tell the story of Cecil B. Moore and tell the story of resistance. Because we know it's the children. Our children are not taught these things in school. Our children have to know they can make a difference. But also tell the children they have no control of the people when they have demonstrations. The only thing they can do is try to educate the people to know that we're out here, we're out here for a reason, and all that other nonsense, we need to put it aside. I love Cecil. I wanted him to be my father. I remember we were down in court. And I think a couple of our guys have gotten locked up for a dynamite charge. That's another story for another day. And they got out of, and I was crying. I said, Cecil's my father. He said, Karen, don't tell nobody that. I'm in enough trouble as it is. <laughs> so we loved him. We were not, like I said, we were not afraid to go to jail or anything like that. Can I just have the Cecil B. Moore Philadelphia Freedom Fighters, these people that I met when I was 16 years old. Would y'all come up here, please? No, where's Gary? I don't see Gary. There's three. All right, so you know, you see, like I said, age has taken its toll on us. Uh, sometimes we think some of the beatings that some of the brothers uh, received back in the day has some effect on them today and their medical conditions. But these are the people that kicked down doors so that everybody here could have a chance and walk through it. And there's Tree. Is Gary around? Well, we don't know where Gary went. Okay. Here's Tree. And Tree was the, uh, the first time I got arrested. They were beating him so bad at the state building. I had never seen anything like that, and I had never heard a blackjack hit a man in the head and, and go against bone. And he was crawling under the truck trying to get away from the police officers. When they pulled him from that truck, he was unconscious, and they were still beating him. They were beating each other, and they were beating the newspaper men to keep them from taking pictures. 
and that was at the state building at Broad and uh, Spring Garden. So our folks have been through a lot. We demonstrated at the post office of better working conditions. All of, all of you to have jobs. You go downtown and you shop. You spend your money, but the only thing you could do is sweep the floor. It wasn't until Cecil came along, in that little bit of time, what was it, a few years, that he was head of the Philadelphia branch of the NAACP. He turned this city around. And he opened doors, and he fought, and he fought. And black people and white people, those that did not want uh, Cecil to have the power that he did, they worked against him. He was one of the most brilliant men that you would ever meet. And yes, he cursed, and he drank, and he loved women. That was just Cecil. He was the most brilliant man you would ever find, ever meet. And he believed in education. He took us to Cheney, told Wade, Wade, um, Wade Wilson, he said, uh, Wade, I want these kids to go to college. He said, Cecil, I just can't put these kids in college. So we all took our exams, and we started out at Cheney, and then from there we did whatever we had to do. But I just wanted to say, education to these young people, like they told me, nobody can take that from you. Stay in school. And when you get out of school and you start making that money, it's very difficult to get back to school again. So if you can afford to stay in school and go all the way through, do it. And just remember, somebody opened the doors for you. And remember to help somebody else. You know, that person is not doing as well in school. Help them too. Because somebody did it for us. So I just want to say thank you, everybody. We love you. And as Mel Dawn would say, we loved you before we knew you. And last but not least, and I don't want to forget this. James G. Spady, Dr. Spady, was the one that all of this information is based on. His copyrighted 1985, Cecil B. Moore, A Soldier for Justice. And we would not have this beautiful writing up here. And McCormick and Taylor, the company that did these, they did a wonderful job. And I thank you, and I thank SEPTA. I thank everybody. <laughs> Oh, and, and, and let's make this, we want, we want to do more here, I, I forgot to say that, but we want to make this place a place of history, downstairs as well as upstairs, you know, because this is the history of North Philadelphia, it's about Philadelphia, and we want people, no matter what side of the subway they come on, that they'll see a history down there. So y'all just hang in there with us, and we'll be asking for some money. <laughs> All right. Bernice wanted to sing a song for you. Is that good? This is Bernice Mills Devon for the Cecil B. Moore Philadelphia Freedom Fighters. Woke up this morning with my mind stayed on freedom. Woke up this morning with my mind stayed on freedom. Woke up this morning with my mind stayed on freedom hallelujah 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 come on brother can well i woke up this morning with my mind stayed on freedom woke up this morning with my mind stayed on freedom Woke up this morning with my mind stayed on freedom. Hallelujah. 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 Ain't gonna let nobody turn us around. Turn us around. Lord, 
Turn this around. We ain't gonna let nobody turn us around. We gonna keep on a walking and keep on a talking and heading up to freedom. Well, we ain't gonna let nobody turn us around. Lord, turn us around. Lord, turn us around. We ain't gonna let nobody turn us around. We gotta keep on walking. Hey, yeah, Freedom. Thank y'all. Thank you so much. This has been a Flashpoint Extra. Thank you so much for listening. We'd love it if you would subscribe to the Flashpoint Podcast. You can find it on the radio.com app or any platforms. All you got to do is search Flashpoint KYW. Now, Flashpoint airs on KYW News Radio 1060 AM every Saturday night at 930 and every Sunday morning at 830. And as of April 6th, it will air every Sunday morning at 6 a.m. on WOGL 98.1, the WTDY 96.5, as well as on B101.1 on your FM dial. So take a listen. It'll also be on uh, WPHT uh, 12, uh, oh, 1210, sorry, a.m. every Sunday morning at 5 a.m. So if you're up early, please take a listen. You can find all the podcasts also online at kwnewsradio.com slash flashpoint. I appreciate all of your support. Have a wonderful week.